return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Got kids rock today, ages three to first grade. So you can head back there. God is good. He is answering prayer. He is working in some great ways by His Spirit. Hallelujah. So, let's, let's take our Bibles just for a minute. This is very important. Let's, let's stand and lift them up a second and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive... The incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you will never be the same. (laughs) You will never be the same. Hallelujah. And we welcome people that are joining us in other countries and other places. We just welcome you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We want you to know Jesus loves you so much. He's, just, he's right where you're at. You might, you might be in a train or a car or in your house or in your bedroom or whatever. He's right where you're at right now. And if you don't know him, he's as close as the mention of his name. To just say Jesus. Just, you, you don't have to shout it, but you can whisper. Just say Jesus. There's power when you speak the name of Jesus, and he will reveal himself to you for who he is in a good way, in a good way. Hallelujah. So I want to talk today, and and I just feel like, uh, I just want you to open your heart. I feel like this is a very important thing as uh, for people, Christians and non-Christians, but it just says highly valued. Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. First uh, Peter comes the scripture that we've read before, first Peter one, verse 18 and 19 says, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, old traditions, religious things. You were redeemed or you were purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The only one that never had a blemish, the only one who never had sin, the only one who was perfect, the only one qualified to redeem humanity. And his name is Jesus. Say Jesus. The only one who could do that is Jesus Christ. And he did that. He, he, he like went into the world marketplace and said, I love this world. I will lay down my life for all people everywhere, everywhere, every nation, language, tongue, culture, everywhere for everybody. I will lay down my life. People that they think are good, people they think are bad, whatever. I'll lay down my life because we all needed a savior. Everybody needs a savior. And so Jesus laid down his life and he made a purchase agreement. And that was his blood, his blood for the sins of the world, for our sins. So let's personalize it. He laid down his life for you. 
in me, personally. Now, to this day, we're not perfect. To this day, we need a Savior. To this day, we lean upon His grace, unmerited favor in our lives. To this day. And it's all because of how good He is. We're going to get to heaven because of His great grace, not because we're so good, but because He's so good. So that's how we're going to get there. Amen? So Jesus, Jesus paid a great price, amen, a very expensive price. And so if he paid something, if you bought something expensive, you would want to take care of it, right? I always remember getting a, getting a new car and thinking, oh, well, I'll get a new car and be real careful and keep the, the kids' bikes away from it. And then about within a three weeks, there's a scratch on it from a bike or something. And then I think, well, it's used, you know. But you try to take care of it, right? If there's a storm coming, if you had a garage that was available, you'd drive your car in so that it wouldn't get hailed on or something, right? You're trying to take care of it. Anything expensive, you want to take care of it. You are so expensive that Christ died for you. You're valuable. And so, therefore, he wants to take care of you. And so he gave us his word through the Bible, he gave us his word that by this, we can be partakers of his divine nature. By reading the word, believing the word of God, we can start to partake of his, of his greatness, of his supernatural life. We begin to experience supernatural life in us. When we pray and we receive Christ as our Savior, we recognize, I need a Savior. His name is Jesus. That is when eternal life starts. Amen. It doesn't start in heaven, it starts right now, here on earth, right now when we're in this place, amen? So God wants to take care of us. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have from God, you're not your own, you were bought with a price, at a great price. So you're purchased with a great price. You should write this down. The price that he paid indicates the value that you have. The price that he paid indicates the value that you have. Now, we live in a world where every, the devil has devalued everything. So, in Genesis it says he created man in his image. Man and woman. Created man in his image. Right? So, therefore, our value is way above the value of creation. Way above the value of an animal or a bird or anything else. Your value is the top. It was the crowning of creation. Right? So the value that Christ paid, he died for people. Right? So the animals and so they don't have souls. But you do. You do. You're created in his image. And so the value that you are is equal to the price he paid. Amen? So you are bought, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So temple, you want to take, we want to take care of this place. Okay, this is a natural, when we meet here, a sanctuary. But yourself, you are a temple. Your body is a temple. In other words, your body is a carriage for the Holy Spirit. Now that's why you want to take care of yourself physically. Because your body, all of us, this is just natural. This leaves, but your spirit is alive. When you're born again, your spirit is reborn. So your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. It becomes a place of worship. Amen. 
So in your life, you should be filling your life with the things of God. It's a place of worship. It is holy. It's a sanctuary. Now, if we read the word of God and we understand this, then it's like, oh, wow, the presence of the Lord. I love the presence of the Lord. But you have to realize the importance of taking care of yourself and who you are. Now, as much as we think about, we think about physically taking care of ourselves physically and so forth. What about your mental health? What about the things you think? What about the things that go through your head? So we can look at ourselves and think, boy, Dave, you've got to start doing some exercise, you know. You need to get out and walk. You need to get out and move, you know. Same thing spiritually in your mind. Because your mind, your thoughts and so forth, are the things that are going to proceed in your life. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you have to, Christians, let me just talk Christians first. Christians have to think about how they're going to take care of themselves. Mentally. Amen. Because, because if you don't value yourself mentally, you devalue your life. Just in the last in the last years, there have been several pastors, some of them from big ministries and so forth, who've ended their lives. These are people that were in their 30s and 40s who pastored churches, ended their lives. Because why? Because they devalued their life. You could look at someone and think, man, they got it all together. But that's the outside that you're looking at. Because none of us knows what's going on between this space here, this, what, six, seven, eight inches, whatever. None of us knows what's going on there. So if we begin to play, or if our life begins to erode and our thoughts erodes from, because we're not in the Word and we're not renewing our mind and we're not getting refreshed in the Holy Spirit, pretty soon your life begins to devalue and the devil will help you do that. The devil's real good. No, I'll help you think less of yourself. Ah, you may have said, I'll help kick you. <laughs> I'll help condemn you. So we can think sometimes that as Christians, we're immune from things, but we're really not immune from anything. We're in a fallen world. So therefore, I take up the full armor of God all the time, and I have to constantly do this. Amen. One of those things in the full armor is your helmet, which is you're going to pr protect your thoughts. You're going to protect your brain. That's why you wear a helmet, say, in football. The point is, is so you don't get a bruise in your brain, have a concussion, and pretty soon not think right. So if we walk around and we can say as a Christian, well, I'm, I'm saved, I'm saved, but you still don't have a helmet on. And you're not holding your shield of faith. And you might be walking around looking like a porcupine. You're all shot up with darts from the enemy. So all of these things fit into our lives that our spirit, your glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which involves your mind. So we have a physical health and we have a mental health and you have to take care of you. Because no one else is going to take care of you. And we're not immune from anything. So what do we do as Christians? A lot of times we internalize things. Everything's going great. Everything's fine. I don't have any problems. Which, of course, wouldn't be true, right? Everybody faces stuff. Everybody faces difficulties. 
So dealing with those things, taking the word of God and dealing with those things, the price he paid is the value you are. We can think, boy, that's just exactly right. And by Tuesday, you might think, my life doesn't have much value. The suicide rate in South Dakota is progressing. The suicide rate in this state is progressing. The suicide rate amongst all ages is progressing. Not just amongst young people, but senior citizens as well is progressing. Well, let me just say this. Let's pull it out of that and just say the suicide rate in the church is probably progressing as well. The suicide rate amongst Christians is maybe progressing because people aren't thinking as the word of God would want us to think. And anybody, anybody, it doesn't, it doesn't take you know, a lot of research to realize, wow, I have to control my thoughts. One of the pastors, even out in Bethel, just some years ago, Bill Johnson's own son said, I need to step down because of my mental health. People look like, what, well, you're shocked. This is a faith ministry. This is all. No, he stepped down from being the pastor of the church. And I, I thought, good for you because some other people are killing themselves. Good to recognize it. Good to recognize, you know, I, I need some help on how to face this battle that I'm facing. I need some help to think right. Now, all the time in the church here, we're teaching people to do what? We're teaching people to win. But the fact is, most people don't attend most services. This is the biggest service, which isn't very big. And so most people miss everything else that's going on as far as teaching, equipping, and anointing people to win in life. Is that right? So when you look at somebody, you have no idea. I have no idea what's going through their mind. Nobody does. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Any person in Christ. So once we get in Christ, we become a new creation. Say, in Christ. So when we're born again, we come in Christ... And we, this is for Christians now, you, the newness of God is restored in our life the way it was supposed to be back in the Garden of Eden. So we become a new creation, old things pass away, they're not instantly passed away, sins are instantly forgiven, but the old thought process and stuff have to pass away. We're renewed in the spirit of our mind, we become new. Amen? Amen? It's like, it's like we hit, we get born again, and there's a reset button that's hit like, oh, wow, God is so good. But that doesn't mean my problems went away that I faced last week. That doesn't mean my old habits instantly went away. It means I'm forgiven, and I recognize his presence and his love. I say, thank you, Jesus. I realized that in a bar when I got saved. Wow. But then from there, from there, we become new. Amen. From, you can hit the reset button. We can get new DNA, divine nature activation. It's also, wow, I got this divine nature. But that's something you maintain. So the Christian life is a life we become born again. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. But then we have to maintain this walk with the Lord. Amen. Maintain your walk with the Lord. Maintain your thinking. Maintain your focus. Maintain what this is all about. Maintain the value that you are. 
You're highly valued, very important in the kingdom. All the things that God wants for you. He's given it all to you. And we can say, man, we got it all. We do. But every day is a new day. Every day is a new walk. Amen. Let's go back. Let's go back to that first Corinthians six there a second. First Corinthians six, nine through 11. It says. So. So uh, uh, let's go back to Mark a second. Mark chapter 12, verse 17. Mark 12 said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar. Render to God. Give to the Lord what are his. So if God purchased me, then I belong to him, right? So that means my, of course, my body, but my, my brain, my thoughts, everything belongs to him. So it's only a process. So we, we're, as we're renewed, we realize, wait a minute, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all this to the Lord. Emotions are good, but emotions can betray us, right? Because you can feel just up, wow, everything's great, but you can feel very low in the next hour. And have no feelings, and of course, then we think, oh, where's God? No one cares. I'm all by myself. This is just common. Everybody faces this, but lots of people don't talk about it, but you do have to talk about it. You do have to visit about it. Sometimes I, I, I can feel as lonely as anybody. Look at Elijah one time. He says, Lord, I'm the only one. I should just die. He's ready to die. It's Elijah. We're thinking, man, this is the anointed prophet. He never had a bad day. Oh, he wanted to end his life that day. He wanted to be done that day. Because of why? He looked at his circumstances. His circumstances overwhelmed his mind, forgot about the promises of God, forgot about the calling of God, and all of a sudden he's ready to give it up. It tells us something, doesn't it? It tells us that we're just people. We're just physical beings. We all have needs. We all have needs. We all need help in various places. Sometimes we have to ask, is the Lord is our helper? Yes, but sometimes we should ask, right? Someone said, sometimes I need a helping hand. They said, yeah, it's right at the end of your arm. Sometimes it's that close. But sometimes if you need another helping, one to help yourself and the other to help somebody else. You've got two hands to help somebody else. So 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, 9 through 11 then says that no unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom. Now, now, look what this says. Don't be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous people, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. It says none of them are going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's the good news. The good news is this. Read the next verse. Such were some of you. Hallelujah. Everybody's had a past. Everybody's had issues. Maybe they're not on this list right here, but everybody's had issues. Such were some of you. Now, the devil wants to remind you of your past. Jesus is always focused on your future. He's buried your past under his blood and given you a brand new future. So the, so you can say, oh, none of these people, they're not going to hear it. The king going, no, but, but thank God for Jesus. Thank God such were past tense, but you were washed. 
sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Such were some of you. And I look at that and oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, here we are in the world, though. Christians could look at this and say, well, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. What about the people in the world? The people in the world don't have the help that you have. The people in the world aren't, don't realize they're highly valued. The people in the world don't realize that their life is special and important. So the world is only operating, you know, kind of like having an engine with one cylinder working. <laughs> the world's only trying to operate in the best, best case, the cases that they have. So that's why the world takes the approach of, of legalized abortion. Or that's why the world takes the approach of assisted suicide. That's why, why the world takes the approach of just ending lives that aren't really important. Some lives aren't important so we can end those lives. Because they don't have knowledge. They're not aware of how valuable every person on the planet is. This includes bad people, right? Includes bad people. You know, uh, we have abortions. Actually, the abortion rate in South Dakota is going down. But part of that is because there's an abortion pill. Now, but the actual abortion rate in South Dakota over the last 10 years has just gone down, 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 down. We could think, we could think, wow, why would anybody do that? But folks, the whole world is in this way of devaluing life because of the devil. If we don't realize how valuable we are, then we think we're not valuable. And then we look at certain ones like, yeah, they, we don't need them. Actually, you have to remember, as bad as Adolf Hitler was, Hitler learned his thinking and ideology from the American Eugenics Society that was started in the 1920s. And he read their stuff in America by college professors from Yale and all the different ones on categorizing, categorizing people on how valuable they are. And Hitler just read their book. He learned it from America. Some people aren't valuable. Those that have defects aren't valuable. Those of different races, they're not valuable. Those that are really old, they're not valuable. And he learned it from the United States. Just look it up, American Eugenics Society. Actually, it's still around, folks. So it feeds academia in the United States. It feeds people's minds. But what are we saying? We're saying why Jesus is so important. What he came to do is to show how valuable people are. We, in turn, have to show to others how valuable they are. By how we treat them. By how we relate to them. By the things that we share. A girl in Sioux Falls at, at a high school there. She was popular girl, all these things like that. She had all her friends, and one day she goes to this guy who's not popular, who doesn't fit in or anything like that. But she smiles, she says a few things to him and so forth like that. And two months later at graduation, the guy passes a note over to her. And he said, the day that you smiled at me and the day you treated me like a person was the day I was going home from school to kill myself. I had the weapon, I had the plan, it was all set. I was going home to kill myself until you treated me the way you did. And he graduated. And she had no idea. But how we do this, how we take things to realize how important people are. 
We have things in the United States that if you, if you destroyed an eagle, eagle's egg, that's valuable in the world. So you're going to get fined and you're going to have a jail sentence if you destroy a bald eagle egg. If you destroy human life, no fine, no sentence. As far as a baby. This is our world because the enemy has devalued people. Where Jesus brings value... Remember, the price he pays, it paid indicates the value you are. You're highly valuable. Turn to someone next to you. Just turn to them. Don't say a word yet. Just turn to them. And I want you to look in their eyes. That's what, don't, don't say a word. I just want you to look in their eyes. Now, first of all, don't be awkward by eye contact, all right? So, even if you don't know the person, don't, don't feel awkward. But just look in their eyes for a second. See what color they are and so forth. Try to maintain eye contact. Don't look up. Don't look down. Whatever. Look at them. And then I just want you to say you're valuable. You are valuable. You're valuable to the Lord. But we have to also understand we're conveying to people you're valuable to us. First Corinthians 3 verse 16 it says that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in us. So, so we walk in life. We live in life. We're all the same. So there's sometimes I have zero feelings. <laughs> right? We don't live by Holy Ghost goosebumps. People say, oh, I just feel the Lord. That's great. But he's always with you as a Christian. As a Christian, he lives in you because you've invited him in. You've opened the door of your heart You've invited him in, so you have a witness of the Holy Spirit in you. You put out the welcome mat. For non-Christians, they don't have that. They could come here and think, oh boy, this is wonderful. The atmosphere is wonderful. They feel it, but it's supposed to be in us. Now, we have to remind ourselves, though, what what do you do when you don't feel anything? What do you do when you don't feel anything? You don't see anything. You don't see any blessings, anything at all. You hear nothing. What do you do? Well, remind yourself of the Word of God. It's the Word of God that renews my mind to think the way God wants me to think. I'm not helpless. I'm not hopeless. He loves me. I can think, well, no one loves me. Oh, no, but he loves me. See, we think a lot of times, well, oh, yeah, okay, sure, that's right. Yeah, that's right. No, but we have to remind ourselves that is critically important. Jesus loves me. (laughs) And he came to live in me. So when the Bible says stir up the Holy Spirit, you start stirring up. You start praying. You start praying in tongues. You start praising God and you stir up the Holy Spirit. When you start speaking the name of Jesus, you stir up his presence. When you're thankful, you stir up the presence of God. He inhabits the praises of his people. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. All of a sudden you start to feel things, but he's always there. He's there at three in the morning. He's there when we feel discouraged. He's there when I think, boy, does anybody care? Well, he's there. So you remind yourself of the word that I am a temple of God. Now, listen, if I am, and we are, then I don't have any right to do anything to this temple. It's just, he purchased me. That's why he said, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. He purchased me. So the day of my going home is in his hands, not in mine. 
Right? Amen? That's in his hands. So my job, my job is to glorify Jesus Christ, exalt the King of Kings, give him praise all the days of my life. That's my job. That should reflect out to your family, of course, people close to you. But you have to remind yourself. Why do you have to remind yourself? You renew your mind because otherwise we are very physical people. We have emotions, sometimes good, but sometimes bad, that betray us. Right? That depression is, is when the enemy's putting you down. When Jesus lifts us up, he edifies. Enemy depresses, Jesus edifies. Look at Second Corinthians four second. Second Corinthians four says that that God commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, shines in our hearts, gives us light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God has shined in our hearts, and you make a decision to follow Jesus. Anybody watching us right now? You don't become a Christian just by going to church. You become a Christian by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. All right? It is a relationship. It's not a membership. It's not religion, but a relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. And you can do it anywhere, but if you haven't done it, just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I ask you to be my Savior, my Lord, for my sin. Personal thing. So God shines into our hearts, gives us the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ, right? And then we have a treasure. Say treasure. So you have a treasure in you now. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So your body, a temple of the Holy Ghost, there is a treasure. You, are, you have this treasure of Christ in you. Now the world doesn't see that, but the world can experience it through us by us touching their lives. Your smile is more powerful than you realize. Your greeting to people is more powerful than you realize. Sometimes you can just stop and say, is everything going okay? And just, just stop and wait. Because, you know, the world cliche is you walk in some, how you doing? Great, fine. But no one really wants to know how you're doing. <laughs> but I think as Christians, you want to ask people, how are you doing? Amen. If you lose a spouse or a loved one, you go through things no one can imagine unless you lose a spouse or a loved one. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's inevitable for every one of us in life. But when it happens to us personally, it's huge. We have a treasure, a treasure in earthen vessels that now we want to convey to the world that Jesus loves them. Now, lots of times the world's response to things is, well, we're going we're gonna to legislate morality. And of course, in the 80s, you remember the Jerry Falwell and the moral majority. We're going to legislate morality and so forth. But they tried that in the Old Testament, didn't they? Laws, laws cannot change our hearts. Only Jesus can. So laws can be good, all right? They can be good. They can be productive. However, the message still is just to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To tell them, to say they don't know Jesus, tell them, you know, a great price was paid for your life. And they might think, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not kidding. And his name is Jesus. He died for you. 
People don't hear that. The world doesn't tell people that. But it is the truth. We have the truth. We have a treasure in us that is to be seen by the world. The Bible says if our light is hid, it's hid from those that are lost. Right? 2 Corinthians 4, 4, The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. So if our light is hid, it's hid to those that are lost, when really we want to tell people how important they are. If you're a parent and you have children at home, you want to tell your kids all the time, Boy, God loves you. Jesus loves you. You're important. You're valuable. Favor of God in your life. If you're married, you want to say that to your spouse. If you're by yourself, you want to come to church and hopefully other people will say that. Because every person is important. So therefore, if we realize that, if we can communicate with more people, then more people might think, wait a minute. This is more valuable. This pregnancy is more valuable than an eagle's egg. This child's life is more valuable. Or maybe you realize somebody is really down or discouraged. You realize uh, your life is valuable. My brother was one of those people that had been highly successful. A lot of tremendous things in his life. And he was ready to kill himself. And I've shared that story how he had the gun. He wrote his letter to me. And how we intervened with the help of others in Sioux City to help his life. I've talked to people through the years that people, amazingly enough, where people said, you know, I was at that point, I was ready to give up. Had people come up for prayer. I was ready to kill myself in church. Mental health is important. But only I can help my mental health. You can encourage me, but I have to do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to do it. You have to think right. You have to think right. You have to think biblical ways because we are now in Christ and we have a treasure in us. Amen. So his love is power, it's knowledge. All that causes us to triumph then if I think right. John 14, there's a few more scriptures. John 14, verse 23. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is so wonderful. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit, as a believer, is always with you. And let me just say this. For a non-believer, he's as close as the mention of his name. You just say Jesus, boom, he's there. Instantaneously. Not even a nanosecond, he's there. All right? So, so Jesus said, if anybody loves me, keeps my word, my Father will love him. We will come to him and we will, we will make our home with him. Now, this is to the Christian now, of course. But what happens is Jesus said, we're going to come to you and we're going to live in you. So we walk around much of the time. We're all the same in this. We can walk around very natural. Boy, it's a bad day. Things aren't going good. And we're not thinking right and so forth. Not realizing that Jesus, the Trinity's come. God has saved us through Jesus Christ. We have the witness of the Holy Spirit in us. But we're looking for a feeling. So you have to stir up the Spirit of God. If he's there, stir up the Spirit of God. How are you going to do that? With your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, your mouth. <laughs> so much happens. The Spirit of God in Genesis is brooding out, brooding out there on the waters and so forth. God, Nothing happened until God spoke. The Word of God is voice activated. 
So you can have you can have a navigation system and so forth, but you have to put into it. You have this voice activated. So when you start speaking, you begin to activate the word of God in your life. If I sit in my chair, I can feel as miserable as anybody. And pretty soon, the only thing you see in life is negative. Everything's negative. Down, no, they don't care. This, 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 this. Everything's negative. But you have to activate, you know, your DNA. All right? Divine nature activation. You start speaking the word of God. You start speaking stuff. It stirs up the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. Stirs up the treasure in you. They're here. Jesus, my father will love, will come, will make our home with him. He lives in us. Hallelujah. So 1 Corinthians 2.16 then says that, that we have the mind of the Lord. All right. We have the mind of Christ. So I could think in the natural. Well, I sure don't think so. But what you do when your word, when the word of God starts flooding your mind. He washes us, amen, our minds are renewed, and we begin to take on the mind of Christ more than the mind of Dave, say, in my case. The mind of Christ is very important. So we begin to take that on, we're activating through the word of God to think right. Colossians 1 says that... uh, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. should underline Christ in you. All right? God made known to us, known to us, hallelujah, just Gentiles. But the riches here is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I'm more hopeful, as we've shared scriptures on hope, that he is a God of hope. He gives us hope in Christ. We are hopeful then in him. And realize what I have, the, the riches here, I have Christ in me. We preach this. We tell people. Before, now, we can preach it and we can tell people. We can labor according to all this. But still, it comes down to that relationship for each one of us. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are his workmanship. And then say to them, you have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus works in me mightily. He works in me mightily. All right? Again, this is voice activated. So we're looking at the word of God. We're stirring up our faith. We're stirring up the spirit. And we're saying things that are true. The word of God is true. It's a true word. So he works in me mightily. Okay? Not by my emotions or so forth, but he's working in me mightily. When we do that, things begin to happen. Dark places become light. Depression begins to leave. The devil hates praises. Just like like the scripture says in Timothy, God has not given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear, okay? These are these are these are demonic spirits. Things that talk to us that bring us down are demonic spirits. What brings us up through the word of God is the Holy Spirit. So discerning the voices, what's bringing me down, what's bringing me up. Bringing me up doesn't involve a pill or something to drink or smoke or anything else. It involves a relationship with Jesus. 
Involves his word, all right? So his word edifies us. And his word builds us up. The enemy wants to bring us down. Follow what I'm saying? I can remember sitting as a young boy, sitting in my brother's room, and, and uh, I, I wasn't old at all. I don't know if I was 10 years old or something like that. Sitting in my brother's room, taking the 410 shotgun, thinking, I wonder what would happen if I pulled the trigger. And I was a normal kid. Well, what was I listening to? I was listening to a demon voice. I wonder what would happen if I pulled the trigger. And I put the gun back in the case. Whatever. Maybe thought about going out and shooting baskets or something. I don't know. Those are demon voices. Sometimes, see, people act like, oh, that's really strange. Oh, that they would do this or this. No, this is very common because we're in a spiritual world. And I can only win a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. I can't, I can't do it in the natural. We can counsel. We can help. There might be medications. But ultimately, I can only do it with spiritual weapons. Because I have to, first of all, overcome this battle. But then going forward, I have to keep overcoming. Everybody does. Like the Lord saying to Elijah, you know what? You, know, you need to just lay down and get some sleep for a second. Get some sleep and then eat. He actually woke up and he ate and he thought, go to sleep again. We get tired physically. Folks, you know, when people get tired physically, your, your, your ability to live in faith goes down. So the more tired you become, the less, the less spiritually powerful you become because you're just not activating faith. So you have to take care of your health, right? You have to eat right. To sleep. Say sleep. That's a good thing. Not too much, but it's a good thing. Eat right. That's a good thing. But eating right. Taking care of yourself. Getting outside. Thank you, Lord. Look at this day. All these things. You might think, oh, though, that's kind of all trivial. It's not trivial. You're fighting a fight of faith. That everybody has to fight. Amen? People think, sometimes people think, I'm the only one. No, that's not true. <laughs> all right? So, so the fact is, we all have to fight a fight of faith. And realize, wait a, wait a minute, he's working in me mightily. I have Jesus. I have Christ in me. I've got a hope of glory. I know where I'm going. In the meantime, I'm going to live my life for the glory of God. Now, not just that, but now what are you doing? You're looking for other people. Brookings High School, they had their all things issue that the survey that took out and all the kids thinking of suicide and so forth. And, of course, we've got to do more mental health counseling. We've got to do all this. The answer, of course, is Jesus, which people don't want in schools. But that doesn't stop you from talking to a young person about Jesus. Amen. That doesn't stop you from seeing somebody someplace, Walmart or any place, and just saying, Jesus really loves you. That doesn't stop, prevent that from you doing that. Amen. Amen? We live in a world that's trying to, because the devil runs all that stuff, but live in a world that's trying to squeeze out everything that's Christian, but you are still here and I'm still here. Amen. And we're walking the streets. And your life affects other people's lives. Amen? Your life affects other people's lives. You give hope. Just a little bit of encouragement. You give hope that, hey, somebody cares. 
Somebody's there for me. So Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3 then says, Christ will live in your hearts through faith. All right, so faith, not a feeling, but it's by faith. Now, faith does come to sight when we start activating the Holy Spirit. If you're like, thank you, Jesus, your goodness and grace and love, because you're rooted and grounded in love. So Christ lives in your hearts through faith. Let's go to the next verses there. So then it says, now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Now notice, above all we can ask or think. Because right now I can think, you know, oh, my life's a mess and things are, you don't know what's going on and things are down and things are dark. No, he can do above what we can ask or think. But notice, as a Christian, it's according to the power that works in us. So now we're activating again, voice activating to say, no, I'm going to praise God. No, I'm going to give thanks unto the Lord. And we do it. Like Psalm says, when we start praising God, it binds the chains of the enemy. The devil cannot stand praise. Because we can, we can a natural think, I'm going to resist this and resist that. Let's just start praising. It's just like the devil says, no, don't do that. Because he doesn't want to be in the praises, around the praises of God. But you start praising God and just keep it simple. It's not like, well, what song am I going to sing? No, just say Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just say, I praise you, Lord. Let's do that for a minute. Just say, I praise you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. You are so wonderful. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for my life. Thank you for living in me. Thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. You are wonderful, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise, oh God. (laughs) I tell you what, boom, it just shatters the weapons of the enemy. I've lived it. I've lived it on the health front. I've lived it in a personal life and so forth feelings and so forth, it shatters the lies of the enemy. And it lifts us up. Amen? Now, folks, this is a daily walk. See, it isn't like, well, yeah, well, I did, that, uh, I did that two years ago. No, it's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. Amen? So that so some might, might be an hourly walk, whatever it is, but it's a daily walk. Amen? So, so it's a matter of... of of continuing to be voice activated, continuing to speak and to bless and to praise, but also thinking of this. Now you become somebody else's answer. You know, I, I just want to emphasize again, your smile is important. Your smile to other people is important. Your blessing to a cashier or somebody you see in the aisle is important. Saying to people, your life is significant. It's just amazing. We were at we were at Perkins one night and began to witness, and so just it was late, no hardly anybody there, but but some of the waitresses and so forth, and we began to say, and this one waitress had just been cussed out and thought she was going to lose her job, just college students and stuff, and we just began to say, you know, how valuable they were to the Lord, how much Jesus loved them. They broke down crying. They one was first there, then then the other brought their friend back to the table. And the friend walked there and says, well, she said I needed to meet you. We started to speak into her life. She started to weep. They both prayed the life prayer. 
everybody needs what you've got. We need it, of course. Amen. So you take care of your own life. Turn to your neighbor and say, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Do what you've got to do to be mentally well. Amen. Take care of yourself. And then start reaching out to others. To bless others. To give away that love, which is a treasure. And I look at that and I say, man, I've got a treasure in me. See, a lot of times I've been a Christian years and not thinking about it. think, wait a minute, I've got a treasure in me. I want to protect that relationship and give away that love to other people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. You can do this. This is going to begin in your home. Your personal life, voice activated, then beginning in your home, encouraging people, and then other people that you see, you can do this. You're going to impact others. I believe that through this, you'll preserve lives. Heaven will tell the story, of course, but people will live. I believe babies will be born. I believe that good things will happen because of things we do in the, with the gospel and sharing his love. So let's just lift our hands a second. Father, thank you for loving us. So much that we can love others. That we can give away this love to everybody. Because everybody is highly valued. (laughs) High price tag, Lord, that you paid for us. We thank you, Jesus. We recognize it. But Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in us. And we thank you for using us to be a blessing to this world. To others that are facing... Maybe very difficult decisions or terrible decisions. But Lord, thank you for using us to be a blessing to help them, encourage them, be a friend to them, bring light into their dark world. Father, we thank you for this. Even people watching today, I thank you for touching their hearts. I, bind, I pray and bind those voices, demonic voices of death in the name of Jesus. I command them, get away from anybody listening right now in Jesus' name. Get away from their thoughts in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for the thoughts of your value penetrating their mind right now. They're highly valuable. And, Lord, your blessing is on their lives. You care for each person, Lord. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. This would be something good to share with somebody. If you're watching, hit the share button. Share it with somebody, amen, and pass it on to others, amen. God's going to use you, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.